I couldn't imagine doing my best in a place where I was uptight and not comfortable and was worried about maybe spilling some beer on the floor or something. Not that uh, I did spill beer, but you spilled like, freely. I probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Dream Studios podcast. I'm your host Hogue, recording and mixing. It always happens. Recording and mixing engineer here at the Dream in South Austin, Texas. My guests today are Elvin Levins and Adam Berlin. Adam Berlin. Adam Berlin. We'll ask him where the emphasis goes. Also of note about Elvin Levin's name is that his last name, Levins, is an anagram with an added S of his first name, Elvin. Elvin Levins. Think about that. Anyway, when these two came into the dream to record, Elvin brought the lyrical country-western dark humor while Adam delivered a bouncy old-school kerplunkety drum sound, I will call it, and the result was a mighty fine album full of charm and sing-along hooks. Elvin is a soft-spoken, unassuming fella, but his quiet side belies the slightly sardonic temperament of his music. Adam, on the other hand, is a talkative guy whose tatted-up arms and perpetually sunglassed face disguise a teddy bear underneath. Perhaps that's why they make a good pair. And they made great choices on a couple session players, too. Bob Hoffner's loopy, playful pedal steel and Kelvin Stewart's melodic, shapely, syncopated lead guitar bear all the hallmarks of a very South Austin-y Texas country sound. Only that traditional sound is extended by their virtuosity and their willingness to play just enough out there to lend a bit of psychedelia to the main course of Elvin and Adam's Meat and Potatoes songwriting foundation. I'm not sure Elvin ever had any plans to release this collection of songs. I think this was mostly a passion project for him and for Adam, but the songs exist somewhere, if only on his hard drive and the hard drive here at The Dream. In any case, let's give you all a taste of what we're dealing with here and take a listen to the song Dance on Your Grave, or a little bit of the song, at least. Oh, you regret all the mean things that you say When I'm two-stepping on the ground Just try to get that song out of your head, ladies and gentlemen. Just you try. Elvin, Adam, thanks for being here. Welcome to the Dream Studios podcast. Please say hello to me. Hey, Hogue, how's it going? It's good to be here. Thank you for having us back. It's going great. And Adam, now it's your turn to say hello to me. Hello, Hogue. So nice to be here with you today. All right. Good to have you guys. I, I thought we'd break the ice with a question that has absolutely nothing to do with music or our time here at the dream okay just to get us thinking the conversation will be rich okay so i took a shower recently and uh i realized when i was in the shower i I didn't have any soap but i did Mm. have shampoo Hmm. does shampoo count have you ever done that in a pinch and does it count as a shower did i take a shower absolutely yeah Yes. I'm good. Yeah, before I before I moved in with my wife, you know, uh, yeah, I did that most of the time, probably. <laughs> I've done that, yeah, many times. Just to, and, and to know if you've been to a, a hotel recently, they, they often basically would just give you bar soap. 
and shampoo and conditioner. And if you're in the shower, who wants to use bar soap in the shower? Uh. Yeah, to use the shampoo in the shower is, I think it's a natural kind of so, evolution and adaptation. Yeah, it's fine. I think I'm, I can count it as clean. Yeah, I mean, my body's covered with a lot of hair, so Clean, I'm like... you probably smell better. Shampoo's appropriate True. for most of those parts. It's heavier parts. With, uh, with the perfumities, because it's supposed to kind of make your hair smell good. That's true. I'm not sure if That's I did, if I got any, like, antibacterialness going on, but at least oh, it smells good. Oh, no, good. no. Surfactant. And that's where no bacteria grows on the surface. The same thing happens with uh, washing. It's surfactant. Bacteria was removed because you used a surfactant. See, I knew Ooh. I was asking the right fellas. See, I was, well, I, I know none of that. I, I, I'm, a, I'm big into technicalities, and when I, uh, when I pull it's that move, I just feel like um, technically I've done what I should do. I, I put stuff on my body and rubbed it around. Yeah, I mean, you scrubbed the lathery something or other. soap and bubbles. And, and that, with science, is a surfactant application that removed bacteria, and you're both clean, and we will be every time we do that. Surfactant. Okay, yeah. that's the final answer. Um, mm -hmm. Let's get to things musical. Oh. Shall we? Uh, I suppose we start with you, Elvin. Um, this project was an interesting one for me because, like I said in the intro, it seemed to be uh, almost entirely for yourself, without any concrete plans, at least, for a public release. Uh, What's the story there? Had you been a performing musician, or was this was this more of a, a bucket list thing? Give us a little background on your musical history and on this batch of tunes you came in to record, uh, and then if you could find a way to work in how uh, Adam found his way into your story, that would be great as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's one of those bucket list things um, for me to have like a a good recording of some of my own material. Um, yeah, I've been a performer in bands, but never like the not the lead guy, not the songwriter, not the guy behind the microphone writing the songs and singing them. I've always been a utility guy playing drums or bass. And uh, that's fun and all, but it's really satisfying to hear your own music recorded with fine musicians um, backing you up. So yeah, that's kind of how it went. and. I was doing that very thing, playing as a as a bass player w with this um, country singer, and uh, that's how I met Adam. You know, he came in and was playing drums in the same outfit, and um, at some point, I left that outfit, and at some point, Adam left that outfit. But we've remained really good friends, and um, from time to time, we'd get together at his place, and uh, we started playing some of my songs just for the hell of it, and um, got to a point where like let's have a purpose for doing this you know let's um let's go somewhere with it like even if it's just getting them recorded for us for our own satisfaction so that's really how we came to dream and this studio um cool. just just trying to get these things yeah. down cool and um let's let's go over to you adam how about you i know you've been in the scene here in austin for for quite oh. some time tell us a little bit about your your Musical history in town. Well, oh, and you got to get yeah, right I've up there. All... <laughs> there is no engineer that can help me with my own mic placement. Uh, <laughs> but here we go. Uh, it all kind of 
came round for me to come to play traditional country music about 10 years back. And I'd never embraced that much. I'd played with the derailers back 20 years ago, but to kind of have country music come to me as I met Elvin through embracing Jason James. And Jason James is the guy we played with. And I remember asking Elvin, how did you meet Jason? And he told me, well, we met at an open mic night where we were both playing singer-songwriter songs. I had my songs, and he had his songs. I'm like, oh, you got songs. I'd like to hear your songs sometime. And I remember saying that and saying it again. And finally, one day, I got to hear it. Mm -hmm. And then again, to know to like them and to kind of enjoy the idea that Elvin songs were country songs, but they were not any like the country's traditional songs we were playing with anybody else, or like you'd heard on anybody else's record, but to know they came from a place that I knew was uh, grounded in the same kind of things we listened to is for it to be cool to come up with a new way to play a country rhythm and to have to kind of deconstruct it and see what you can make of it. So. The words were always cool whenever Elvin played me a song and to kind of get me to smile or to get me to think or to get me to kind of, you know, engage as a listener is where I was always happy to have Elvin come over and work on a song or two as we kind of just played him in my living room, leading to saying, let's go record him, leading to, well, I know a guy named Colin, who knows a guy named Hogue, who's got a spot over in South Austin, that we might go do that. So that was, that's my version of how we got here. Yeah, that's a, that. now we can piece it all together. Yeah. And um, I wanted to get into to some of the nitty-gritty here on these tunes. Uh, I wanted to take Dance on Your Grave, which we heard a little bit of in the intro. A wonderful arrangement here. Uh, I like how we start with a restrained four on the floor from Adam's drums for the first verse, setting up the tension and the drop into the second verse uh, quite beautifully. And then, of course, we have the pedal steel back there as the song's kind of nervous system, so to speak, and our boy Kelvin on guitar has not one, but two solos. Um, so singable, his solos. I like how he follows a type of, like a three-act mm -hmm. system for his solos. It's like oh. act one sets it up, act two takes a turn, act three, finale. Uh, anyway, I haven't uh, even mentioned your lyrics, Alvin, which are hilariously couched in this <laughs> nice, pleasing vocal melody, but it's a pretty disturbing sentiment. I have no yeah. specific questions here, I suppose. I just want to hear you guys talk about the song Dance on Your Grave. Um, let me start with Adam, actually, and talking about... A lot of listeners might not know what a four on the floor is. I mentioned that's what you do to enter the song. Well, that's the big four-beat kick drum, kind of the big heartbeat boom, 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 that makes you want to put your foot on the floor four times a bar, and that's where the four on the floor comes from. But for that beat to kind of go back to a lot of country, Waylon Jennings songs, you know, and other things that a lot of people have heard. It's a real primal country beat that draws the listener in. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very effective when that second verse comes in, and then you get we finally get the snare. Yeah, gives it back. You know, it's perfect. It, like you said, create the tension because it's not, you know, it's <clears throat> if 
about half what you expected it to be from the four on the floor. Exactly. Give him, give him 50% it's and like then we'll drop it back in. a little bit there. Mm -hmm. There you go. And we will talk about your snare drum in just a minute. But we're going to go, because I love that snare drum. We're going to go to you, uh, Elvin, and, yeah. and talk to us about those lyrics. Well, I mean, I don't remember writing the song, to be honest with you. It had been a while back, but um, I don't know. It's just, I wasn't thinking about anyone in particular. I was just thinking about, like, what's the worst thing you could do to somebody? Like, what's the like best way to get back at someone maybe who had you didn't like, or maybe, a, I don't know, an ex-girlfriend or something, like, and I just thought that waiting around until they pass away and then going to their gravesite and <laughs> dancing a little bit in celebration seemed like the worst thing you could do to someone because they're not alive anymore and they can't do anything back to you, so you get the final, kind of the, the final word in that, say, that, that situation. Um, so yeah, that's where it came from. It's just, to me, it's a revenge song. It sure is. Everybody dies, and you're going to die someday. That's probably true, you know? And like, here's the I'm pretty sure it is. I think that's true. It's true. We will all die, but that's where to listen to the song and to know that not knowing Elvin or his sentiment, <laughs> to know that I found a way to listen to that song in a way where you were almost, you could be dancing on someone's grave in a way that was not so vengeful, <laughs> that was celebratory in a way that was not so dark. Okay. I like that. And that it could be seen as a, I'm going to dance on your grave like I spill a like little dance beer at your wedding. glass. Like in an, like an Irishman dancing a jig yeah. uh, with a bottle of whiskey. Mm. And pouring some out for uh, them. Exactly, of course, to pour yeah. some out, but to be here to celebrate you. And part of the celebration will be a dance. Yeah, that, that that was my other way. I know that's not what Elvin meant at all. But I like that's, that's the beauty of songs, that's though, because you can get a lot all. of different things. But I hope someone gets something different out of it, because to be honest with you, it turns my stomach a little bit to think about. Does it? Yeah, I mean, like it's. I wrote that song like years ago, and now I don't think I'd write a song like that. I don't think I don't know, but I like it though. I still like it. It's. You know what I love is when you go, leading into one of Kelvin's solos, <laughs> out of the course. Is a, Dance, dance, dance on the grave. Let's dance. Woo. And it puts you right in the hall, the concert hall. Mm -hmm. well, well, I got an idea for a video for this song, too. Um, Share. Well, I mean, it's a very basic concept, um, but it's going to be like, um, you know, a bandstand. Um, and in front of that bandstand, it's going to be like line dancers, probably, you know, doing some sort of choreographed um dance but it's going to be in a graveyard you know there's going to be like tombstones and things like that these people are sort of like dancing among and um hmm. that's good yeah it's just a basic concept i'd have to get you know the, someone else to like wrap it up but let's do it i got a camera yeah <laughs> and there can be puppets there could be puppets this podcast brought <laughs> oh, you to you by what? puppet it, telegrams okay by the way. all right um, could be an animation too. Oh, yes. Could be. Yes. I got an animation guy. Yeah. I'd... Yeah. Um, Adam, hit me with some drummer nerd talk on that snare drum. I love the sound of that snare drum. It has this nice blend of of low end body and on the like a sizzle poofness on the high end. What is that thing? I know you're a bit of a snare drum connoisseur. This is uh, this is a good drum. Uh, but it's still kind of a nice blue-collar drum. Uh, 
It's made by Craviato, and it's called the Solitaire. It's a cast aluminum snare drum. It's got vents. Aluminum's this kind of magic metal that is full of mid-range. So I think what you're describing is kind of this saturation of the mid-range almost, where you can feel the bottom full, full, but it's still got this kind of, like you said, sizzle or crack on top of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's aluminum? That is aluminum. So you have an aluminum drum too, but you painted it, and to yeah. know that uh, by... Doing what you've done to it, it still has a cool tone, but it has a different tone. But I fucked it up, I know. <laughs> sort of. And what I've told you is, like, if you ever wanted to get some of that mojo back, strip it, and it's there. Yeah, I can but strip it? It's not that hard, right? It's just aluminum underneath. You're not right. really going to mess with it. Yeah, i got to take that paint off. So, Adam's right. I painted my, my aluminum snare drum, and right when I did it, <laughs> I played it, and I was like, oh. It changed the sound a lot. <laughs> it's still good. Yeah, it's what I said. But it just lost a little something. It's it's muffled the tone. Yeah. And to think that uh, that application of that layer of mills over the aluminum is keeping the aluminum from singing. Singing. Mm -hmm. In that way that it can. If yeah. it's kind of left to resonate of itself. I'm sure the same thing would happen to a great acoustic guitar if you threw a super heavy, right. uh, like, <laughs> latex paint job on it. Yeah. You'd be like, where'd the projection and tone go out of this guitar? It's, it's yeah. underneath all that paint that yeah. you put on. Yeah, there's so, no way it's not going to, like, change. It's going to change it. Right. It's going to, and that's where it's going to reduce the overall Resonation. resonance and that's where by reducing the resonance it's taking the tone backward not forward but also you're getting a lot of good body from that that snare because you're not on that on those backbeats on dance on your grave for instance you're not doing rim shots you're doing mm, yeah. tip of the stick the center of the head yeah you know and it's also a cast aluminum shell so yours is a rolled aluminum shell oh. they're totally different yours is never going to sound like that one but it can have more of the quality of that one, uh, just given the roll to aluminum. But the fact that it's cast gives it the ability to kind of hit it that way. And when you do, it's just, it fills. It's saturated. It goes psh. Yeah, I didn't really have to do very much in the mix to it. It just sounded really good. Other engineers have commented to the same way. Really? Just how it's, it's just so easy. Yeah, right out the box. It's yeah. just... It sings. Yeah, That's a good word for it. It sits in the mix real well. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it sits underneath voices, okay? Yeah. Like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. 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 That's well, right. Thank That's you important. for the compliment. Yeah. Oh, of course. It's a great drum. Um, let's move to Dynamite, another of my favorites. Calls you and me. We're meant to be side by side drinking whiskey. Just a kissing and a hugging and a feeling no pain at all. Friday night, we'll go downtown, spend our money just to hopping around. We'll be bulletproof and ten feet tall. They say that dynamite it comes in a little box. And I say that girl of mine, that she sure knows how to rock. And she knocks me off of my feet and straight up out of both my socks. And they say that.
a classic tale of a combustible, flammable love pairing, a, a couple that has a lot of fun amidst a lot of explosive excitement. Uh, I love the barroom atmosphere. I feel like I'm in the saloon. Uh, now, is this written from, uh, if I may ask, if this is too personal a question, just no, let me know. Ahead. Is this no, written no. from personal experience, or are you writing characters? No, the, that's a, it's a true story, that one. Like, all the stuff that I sing in it comes from real stuff. One, one, one girl. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, she's, but she has she heard the song? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, she, I wound up marrying this person. Oh, you married? I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was I wouldn't let that cat out of the bag if you yeah. weren't. No, but I, I knew. No, no, she she's at the house. Um, but uh, yeah, no, she's um, she's a Yankee, so she's from up uh, in Connecticut, and I don't think this plays into it, but that's just <laughs> give you a little background. But she gets to drinking and boo. She's hard to handle sometimes, you know? That's funny. Yeah. I think um, there were people in, from Connecticut in the Boston Tea Party. Like, <laughs> I think they went down to Connecticut to recruit a bunch of people to come up to Boston because you couldn't have people <laughs> from Boston throw all that tea in the harbor. Like, who's going to dress up as Indians and come up here and throw all the tea in the harbor? And her grandfather was there saying, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's her. Yeah, Sarah, yeah, my wife. She's she, part yeah. of the Boston Tea Party, I'm sure. She gets pretty wild. <laughs> like, it, it can get out of control sometimes, you know. Like, there's a line in the song about slapping me in the face. And in the early days, she just had a propensity to just haul off and knock the shit out of me sometimes. Like, for fun. She thought it was funny or something, you know. And, like, I'm, I tried to tell her. I was like, it's not cool, you know. Like, usually when you do that, that's a... Uh, that means I'm like the, you have to go in the street and settle it you know it's yeah. like I'm like she's like oh it was a love tap I'm like well you left a mark and all these people I'm at the bleeding. bar are laughing at me now so yeah. I'm pretty pissed um, but she doesn't do that anymore so that's good Usually that's like, that's like a night ender. Yeah, you know? it was a couple of times. It was. But yeah. Apparently it's a Yankee thing they do all the time. No, I don't think so. I think no. it's just something she does. Like okay. uh, this is a worldwide. You don't slap somebody in the face. There's no region in the world where that's accepted. I don't think. You know, I, and she had to learn that the hard way. No, she sounds like a real firecracker. No, and she's I'm, good. She's I'm good. shocked that you married a Yankee. You are like you're a pretty Texan dude. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't have allegiance to, you know. Love just happens. Love happens. You're you right. Know, like, she was the only one that would accept me. So I, <laughs> That's how love just happens, I know, for my own experience. So I agree trust exactly. Trust me, I went through many Texas women mm -hmm. before I got to yeah. her. and I, uh, Which one's going to put up with me for how they long? They didn't, That's they, all they I didn't, know. They didn't I don't put know. up with me. I don't know how long, but I just know which one's going to till the next one. <laughs> Hope she hears this podcast too. I was gonna say, is she cool with hearing all this? You think? Yeah. Okay. She'll, she'll oh, think it's funny. She'll own up to it just to respect her own uh, character and gumption. Well, yeah. what's her name? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah mm -hmm. Buckley. Sarah Buckley. She wouldn't take my last name. She, oh, like she Swash no. Buckley, you know. Yeah, Swash Buckley. Sarah. She's got, Swash one, she's got one eye on the exit, I think. Yeah. Um, Sarah, when Elvin comes home, give him a little slap for us, <laughs> just for all time's sake. A little love tap. Yeah. yeah. Just a little tap. Um, fellas, I it was a little bit of time ago. How did we record this album? I don't remember. Did we dummy track on acoustic guitar so Adam could cut his drums? Uh. Or, yeah, I we did. Some of it we actually got. Did we? Mm, no. We didn't keep no dummy tracks. No. 
No, we Alan did that. We, keep we did dummy tracks. We did, we did dummy tracks with the guitar and the vocals, and got the drums down. And then we went back and redid the guitar. Then we went back and redid the vocals. Oh, so you, you, Elvin, were in the control room with uh -huh. me. That's now, right. Now it's coming back to That's me. That's right. And Adam was by his lonesome. That's right. In the in the in the live room. And kept the chemistry. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that solves that. Mm -hmm. I, we did assemble it that way, but yeah. to have the spirit of the live performance yeah, that's, somehow that's, captured. That's a good way to put it, because I, I think now, now it's all coming back. We had a discussion. We said, well, do you want to do a click track? And we decided we want the feel of playing together, but we want isolation. Yeah. So that's why we moved you out of the room so yeah. we would just get the sound of his drums, yeah. but retain the feel. Yeah. Of well, together. I knew that I was going to want to redo the guitar and the vocals, and there's no way to really do that unless you're isolated. So right. it was a necessity for me, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was good, though. It worked out. It was real comfortable and relaxed, and I had a good time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you are a bass player and you played bass on this album yeah yeah there's, there's a great um there's a great pocket with the bass and drums on this on this record mm -hmm. um i feel like you it was a little under the radar i said who's gonna play on this thing who's gonna play bass and you said well i'm, I'm really a bass player well in the beginning i wanted to hire someone to come in because i don't like, I, I don't really like to listen to my bass player that much, and I wanted, like, a different voice because, you know, sometimes I'll do the same thing my guitar's doing, and I wanted a little separation there. But at the end of the day, I was, it was just easier and cost-effective. Just play the lines, you know. And uh, it worked out pretty good. I, I was pretty happy with the way it all turned out, for sure. I knew it was going to be good when Elvin said he'd play bass. He was like, I'm not going to play bass. And I'm like, but you'd be, be real easy. You could do it. No, I don't want to play bass. I'm like, okay, who are we going to get to play bass was my dilemma. Yeah. And then when Elvin said, I want to play bass, I'm like, all right, yeah. there we go. We'll just let that happen. Yeah. yeah you, were a, you were an encourager of that. I do remember that. Um, and me and Adam had developed a rapport well, playing right. together you know, with me on the bass and the other band. And, um, exactly. So it oh, was a pretty that right? You were playing bass, bass in that in band. That band. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, like, yeah, we're the, the rhythm band. section for that group. And uh, so it was a natural fit. Right. If we could make a, a pocket happen for them, we could do it for him, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I want to go to Tried and True. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, now, Adam, you made a decision here that really gave the song um, its identity, I think, and that's the swingy rim shot rhythm mm -hmm. you go to throughout the song in the intro, and you come back to it later. This was... Uh, let's play a little bit of that one here, and we'll come back and talk about it. I'll never lay my hand on a Bible, no, I never sort of tell the truth. So help me God, you're a lightning rod And I'm gonna stay away from you Every day I breathe is a good one I'm happy to be alive And I know it ain't a lot But I give what I got If only to survive This old world, she's a mean one You gotta do what you gotta do And what I got to do It ain't nothing new It's tried and true If it ain't 
Also, I love the little hit of tambourine that you use very sparingly. Yeah. Uh, percussion's a, a fun thing to sprinkle in, and you did a wonderful okay. job of being tasteful. Well, to capture rhythm as kind of is the one that the songwriter had in their brain, okay, is where I feel like the rhythm I ended up playing I really kind of got from talking to Elvin and playing different things and seeing where that song kind of needed a, a certain thing. And to kind of have this old wood block that I used to have from a, wood block. a band I played in, Eight and a Half Souvenirs, that I put on their record. And to know it's got this cool kind of tone. And I pulled it out, and I'm like, well, what about this? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. And once I pulled it out, he wouldn't let me put it away. I was <laughs> stuck with the wood block. So to know that I really was kind of not thinking I when I them. pulled that thing out that he was going to like it at all or that that was going to be the rhythm at all. But once Elvin heard it, he's like, that's the thing. And I'm like, well, I know that kind of works because I did it before, so I can do that again. And to know that that's something I haven't heard on a lot of other people's records and to just no, have that be a a bit of the past coming back to haunt me and to know that old wood block that i used is uh yeah from an eight and a half souvenir well that was on my kid all the time when i played with eight and a half souvenirs i remember i was after equipment. you came here the first day we were tracking i went and checked out some eight and a half souvenirs i found an old performance on uh acl uh, ACL yeah. Live or something mm -hmm. Austin City Limits and um, I saw a woodblock on there and the next day I said dude is that the set and you're like that's the very same woodblock <laughs> that's the one still that's got great. it I'm glad to see it still mm -hmm. it still makes girls dance because that rhythm kind of gives you you call it cloppity or whatever but to know that kerplunkity that it, it makes the people tap their feet and to have a syncopation that is kind of engaging for some reason is where I know, like I said, it's a trick that works. I'm, I'm glad it worked for Elvin. And it's another uh, tension and release thing. You do that, and then you go into kick and snare world, mm -hmm. and it, it blooms, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the contrast in that bit of dynamics it creates. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit quirky, but, you know, there's other, like that song's a bit quirky in general, you know, yeah. and like the solo that Kelvin winds up putting on there, which is great, but it's a quirky solo also. And it actually turned out to be my favorite song off of the recording. Is it really? Uh-huh. Yeah, and like it doesn't have a big story behind the lyrics or anything. They're pretty shallow, but um, I mean, it's pretty straightforward meaning to all of it. There's nothing behind it really, but to be honest with you, I just love the feel of it, you know, like when the... The bass kicks in and, you know, the full kit comes in. It's like it has a good drive. It's such a good feel. Yeah. It's a real uh, distinguisher. And to be honest, the solo that Kelvin does play that um, Bob is like, it's sort of like almost a dual lead, you know, but it's mm -hmm. really understated. That, I, I liked it. I love it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they kind of, at one point towards the end of the solo, they double on the melody and it, it really worked out really well. Yeah. I remember Bob asking me, uh, yeah, kind of, if he should listen to Kelvin and mm. play off of him. And I said, Bob, that's, that's completely at your discretion. If you hear something that he's doing that's cool, that piques your brain to want to play off of him, then you should play off of him. And mm -hmm. if you kind of don't find you hear that to kind of bring back, to don't. This is obviously one that he did. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he had a couple of takes on that. I think we went through them in the in the post. And to give you, yeah. Like, True. that was the one where he actually did double up, and I was like, yeah, we got to do that. So I have a funny story about some of the tracks that Bob Hoffner, the pedal steel guy, sent on this one. <laughs> uh, he sent me a solo overdub for a song. I forget which it was, but it sounded like he was playing a completely... Like with a completely different band at a completely <laughs> different tempo, it was very acid, jazzy, and experimental. And I wrote to him, and I, I tried to suss it out. I didn't want to offend him, but I wanted to make sure I had the uh, the right track. And he just said, "Oh yeah, I just wanted to prank you and screw with you. Here's the real file." And then he immediately linked the actual solo to me, which lets you know it actually was a prank. He didn't have to go record it. Exactly. It was, yeah. it was such a weird thing, but I, well, I, I thought it was so funny. Bob to be this amazingly brilliant and again humble and humorous kind of monk-like kind of guy okay to know that at that second to be playing generally above the heads of most of the people that he's working with to find this nice moment where again to catch you on your game so to speak and I'm sure it amused him for you to be like this can't be what you want he's like yeah I like you you, got it. you knew that was wrong good job you passed the test it's like you can hardly yes. not know right in my head I'm like shit what mm-hmm. do I do with this this, this solo is too too out well, you but played it for us and him... it was wild yeah. it was wild mm-hmm. so uh, luckily he <laughs> But look, he plays stuff that's that out. He does. So to understand if you've heard Bob play, that's the other thing that makes that kind of a, of a test, okay? Because he didn't play anything that is not, you know, for him to just apply his other brain to it and to know that if I was playing this in this other jazzy, deconstructed, arrhythmic, monotonic. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was bananas. I hope I still have it so we can link it <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, but, but for Bob to leave musical humor in his wake, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, musical humor. That's what happened. A bit of musical humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few more questions for you guys. Um, number one, we got three more. Okay. Number one, uh, I wanted to know if you're proud of the album. Did you come away with a, with a project that met the vision you had uh, in your head I'd say I did for sure you know like everything's great except like I just can't stand listening to my voice so nobody can but, I mean nobody but can their own voice that's that's but I mean besides that which is out of the control of anyone um, yeah no I was extremely pleased with it I thought it came out um, maybe I don't know what I had in my mind and that's how I create anyway like there's never a complete picture when I begin something but the final product was very satisfying to me. How about you, Adam? Yeah, uh, to agree completely. Uh, very satisfying. And I know that the idea that we set out to commit to each other that we would complete an art project and that this was a song project of 
you know, artistic endeavor to not have a commercial or, you know, other output for it is where to at to know that these songs become one that you're going to play over my grave, over my dead body. Oh. So for me to know that, you know, we all record things and, and kind of have stuff and to know that that bit of knowing that if there's anything you're going to do when I die, you know, you should play those songs I recorded over my dead body. <laughs> and this is a good group of songs to add to that little playlist that you could have when that day comes. So to think it's, uh, it'll stand that test of time as I get there. Yeah, I, I, I really like that sentiment. And a lot of... This is not a, a, a very produced or... Um, like quantized album where mm -hmm. you go into Pro Tools and you you really you really round out the edges yeah but not that there's there's offensive edges anyway it just it sounds very of the time or, of sure, that sure, session sure. you guys played those songs and recorded that and that mm -hmm. was that yeah. and that's the picture you painted at that yeah. over those four days and I get a good feeling about that when I when I listen to it sure yeah I, I, I like I like recordings that are like that Right. So, to, like I said, to stand that test of time, to revisit them now after not listening to them for a stretch of time, and to find myself equally kind of amused and uh, rewarded by hearing things that I know we put into them, mm -hmm. and to know that that makes them things anybody's going to want to listen to. And at that point, that's what we wanted to leave behind. So hopefully someone's going to listen to them. Well, Not know who and when, but, you know, they're on playlists, right? That's it. Yeah. Well, to that end, they I mean, like... Elvins. He doesn't want to hear his voice. Well, They'll be on other people's playlists. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll grind through listening to my voice to hear those sweet guitar licks, though. Well, and to maybe play them for your boys one day. This is what your dad did when you were little. <laughs> oh hell yeah! I hadn't thought that far ahead. That's yeah. oh, I totally cool. did, and that's oh, they've to already see heard these. it all. They've yeah. heard it, but they didn't, and they've heard it through a certain prism of what you've exposed them to. I still want to get a cornucopia. At some point, I still want to get a group together too. Of the so. best music, your children listen to the best music. They've been exposed to cornucopia <laughs> of nothing but this sort of golden uh, halo of. Of music of all varieties yes. is where I expect when they're older and they listen to dad stuff, they're going to respect. That's all I think. They're maybe, gonna maybe. Think about what it's going to mean to them when you're in your grave right. and they said, this is what dad made. We're going to play that and go dance on his grave. There you go. And then we <laughs> and then we get back to Adam's interpretation of it and they're doing it. It's a it celebratory a thing. Tribute. Sure. Yeah. Well, at that minute when they're playing it over your grave and it's the song you wrote about death is a universal condition in life, they possibly could. Maybe. Maybe. So, anyway. Uh, you just mentioned that you wanted to get a, a group together yeah. to, to perform this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, after we recorded it, that's what I wanted to do anyways. But, you know, it wasn't long after that that COVID hit. and It was pretty much know, like the next month. Yeah, it was, it was like right there. Yeah. So it's put a lot of things on the back burner, but it's still in my mind. You know, like I still enjoy hanging out with Adam and playing music with him. And if he'll come along, like oh, yeah. I, I want to, you know, 
get some guys together and, you know, go to a bar and play some sets. Yeah. You know, nothing too big, but uh, yeah. that, that's definitely the next bucket list thing. I'd like to front a group, you know, for at least a, a sh some shows. Well, then good that's to know that's to still on your list and you're going to kind of commit to that. Sure. All I got to do is do that and you'll have a gang of pirates following and yeah. I'll be one of the pirates. For sure. So I'll go. Yes, I like that. So you got one pirate, you need like maybe two more pirates. At least two. I know Kelvin's in too, so yeah. we've already talked about it. We just don't Is know when you're town? ready. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But to, well, he can't be far because his family is here. Uh, he's an awesome man. And that's where to realize that his position on the radar may go up and down, but I don't think he's disappearing at the yeah. moment myself. So to still player. know that, but is he and I have kind of connected after the sessions for him to ask me are you going to play those songs because he wants to come play those songs are you going to play those songs i'm like i hope elvin's going to want to play those songs. yeah when definitely is, definitely we're both going to be ready and we'll play them again together it's I'm like let's do that very so, very soon be careful what we wish got the it jabs happen get the jabs then get the jobs yeah boom, boom. <laughs> i just made that up and yeah but go to the jams clever, and then get the gigs damn. hot damn some bitch. I really well, enjoyed Kelvin's playing. Me that's too. For sure. Me too. He is. He was. Uh, he came in here with uh, some pretty <laughs> serious nonchalance. Yeah. Uh, like gym shorts <laughs> and slide sandals. Thought his he nuts were gonna back. fall out. I know. I know. He <laughs> I he never got that in a way they did. See, but and in a way they, they did. Could but have. I don't he know. He was leaning back in that chair. He's uh, like, yeah, bro. Like, give me another one. Give me another take. No, man, he's a he's an interesting cat, man, and he's got good style. Like uh, you could tell, he he knows his way around the fretboard. He does, yeah. and uh, like I said, he has he he really gives his shape. Uh, 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 he mm -hmm. tells a story with his solos. Yeah. He's a great lead player. He's obviously done his homework. Well, you know, like that, him coming in to record was the second time I'd met him face to face. So like we hadn't developed <laughs> any sort of rapport or anything. But I really appreciated that. Um, he seemed like he cared to make it a good take every time. Yeah. He genuinely didn't want to just walk through it. No. Anybody could have just come he, in and played the licks. No. But he was actually trying to do what was right for the song. As right. an artist, okay, yeah. So for him to be, to know what the drill is, I'm supposed to come here with a high level of ears, okay? I can only give you what I have, but to try to pull out of my brain the best things that are going to match what you are and how you're doing this and to kind of hear some things and say are you sure you like that and for us to say oh yeah that's good and for him to be like okay then i'm going to do that and to kind of show you how he would lean into things if you liked it mm -hmm. but to not be sure yeah if yeah. he was supposed to or if, or if is, is that right or not yeah. so to realize he was going through all that kind of hard work yeah that is the artist's kind of process if you want to think about it yeah so to respect his investment yeah absolutely. yeah one thing he did uh that is an indicator of a great accommodating session player is that from take to take he would change his approach so mm -hmm. he wouldn't give you the same thing and try to try to be like uh well let me let me just get that one that i did just a little bit better right. he would he would get it enough you know quality enough where he could then say, okay, now I'm going to try a different approach. And so we'd have a lot to draw from. Yeah, give you a different look, you know. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, it was really an <laughs> efficient well. way to, like, get a lot of different um, takes to pick from. 
and uh, yeah, it worked out. And you got to wonder how the young man might do on a Mensa test, because when you look at how they do that, <laughs> it's basically just how many different ways can you do the same thing yeah. that are still good, mm -hmm. that still kind of pass oh, that's, a certain that's cool. rigor. So, yeah, to feel like, again, he was, he was a very interesting cat. Very yeah, interesting for cat. sure. I'd like to definitely want to play music with him again. Kelvin, are you listening? Are you one of the <laughs> Where pirates are now? Where are you? We're going to find you. I know it's been a while, but we're I'll find, find you. you. You're out there somewhere. <laughs> we're going to find you. Um, yeah, we're, we're like rounding third here, but a uh, couple more questions. What is your favorite? This is one I ask at the end to every guest. What is your favorite thing about or inside the dream or outside the dream? And I realize mm. we're sitting we're sitting outside, so you don't you can't recall uh, perhaps. Oh no, exactly I got it. I've got it all. Okay, you down. got one. Yeah. All no, right, no, well. I, I've got it mapped out. I'm, I haven't got my answer yet. Oh, okay, though. you have the internal sure. schematics mapped yeah. out. All right, because there's a lot going on inside. I'll, I'll kind of buy some time for you guys. No, well, a okay, well, look, i got a couple things. If you want, as I'm sitting here looking off into the sky, saying, what is the thing that you remember most that kind of brings you the most amusement, kind of like, <laughs> what's the thing that makes you smile most about Dream? You've got a piece of artwork that's over the wall to the right of the window, in the control room that's got an elephant oh on it. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay, that I ended up looking at a lot, and I ended up taking a picture of myself with it. And as I sit here right now, I can conjure that elephant picture completely in my head. So to find that that piece of art left in, in a strange impression on my brain. That is uh, so great, Adam. No one has but, gone into the control room with their answer yet. Okay. So that's where I remember spending the most time in there, though. Yeah. Because I did my drums. It was boom, boom, boom. Yeah, then boom. it was you, like, you and me Pack inside. that up and go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I love that answer. Thank you. That was, I'll tell you a little bit about that. I won't, I won't bore everyone to death. But uh, I found that poster in my parents' attic when they Ooh, were cleaning it out. Cool. It's a poster they got in Europe um, on a trip they took in the mm. 70s. And it's just a very psychedelic poster of, yeah. a, of a circus elephant that I will post online so everyone can see it. Yeah, it's in the control room. Appreciate this. Yeah. It's in the control room. Yeah, I don't I'll, remember. I, I took a picture of myself <laughs> with it. I can pull it up and show you the picture I took of myself. With okay, it. okay. You gotta yeah. send that to me. Okay, that's the I one will. I'll post. I got okay. that one. All right, uh, and we'll show you after this. Sure. But uh, absolutely. Do you have one yet, or do you? Yeah, need no, it? I got a couple things. Okay. Like, um, I, I love um, Izzy. Oh, is he coming into the studio? I'm I'm not a a pet or a dog guy per se. I like dogs, but um, especially when you know I don't want to own one. I like other people's pets. You know, sort of like let me play with them and then they yep. can stay here while I leave. Um, but is he? I like that. Um, the bathroom, I like the bathroom. I think it there might have been some Beach Boy posters in there. Exactly. So yes. so um, you know, I'm you know. When I think of the Beach Boys, I think of just amazing production, you know. Yeah. So to take a whiz, staring <laughs> at the Beach Boys, thinking I'm in the right yeah. place, you know. Like if, if this no. is good enough for the Beach Boys on the wall of the bathroom, it's good enough for me. Well, to, to, uh, to understand that there's a bit of curation there. 
So I remember on the bathroom to have a number of posters of greatness all represented in the bathroom <laughs> to know that, by the way, while you're in here, please be inspired by this wall right. of greatness. The Beach Boys are one of them, but there's some other great things in there that, by the way, swing hard for the fences because, look, they did. And now <laughs> oh, you're supposed to. Oh, that is good shit. And that's where I can you remember that. And then, truth is, it was just so easy to load in and out. And it sounded so good, kind of just put the mics up, click, 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 is well, where, uh, well, no, 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 that's <laughs> that's a two-way street. So to understand that that's where to not necessarily remember that part so much, because it was kind of, like I said, so Effortless. easy to just do what you came for and to get it done. Yeah, the whole, and I would say overall, it was the, I felt comfortable here the whole time, you know, so that's a, I couldn't imagine doing my best in a place where I was uptight and not comfortable and was worried about maybe spilling some beer on the floor or something. Not that I, I did spill beer, but you like, spilled freely. I probably did, yeah. but, <laughs> but, but, but I was comfortable for whatever made that happen. Yeah. I was comfortable. Right. Must've been, must've been Izzy. It probably was Izzy yeah. for sure. <laughs> Good dog. Um, I love that Adam mentioned the load-in, the ease of the load-in. I never thought about <laughs> utilitarian, that, but it's it's pretty. It is pretty easy. There's yeah. a gate right near the door. Perfect. There's the no studio. steps. Okay. There's <laughs> no like, steps. That's like, important. I can count the feet. I mean, no, it's one of the shortest point A to point B <laughs> kind of things for yeah. a drummer to just say, "Hey, yeah." That was nice. That was easy. <laughs> yeah, these are the important things for a drummer. Exactly. Uh -huh. You know, like a bass player. That's why I like being a bass player. I you still you just carry bad. your instrument in and right. you're ready to go. You don't have pedals or anything. It's... Ask a drummer worse load-in, and, man, I can tell you stories. <laughs> a skinny hall that goes up three flights of stairs. You've oh. been there. It yeah. was for the, that, that bar on, on Colorado and Ninth. I, the, oh, Lambert's. No, 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 it was, all right, Lambert's so uh, you know where the spaghetti factory is? Above that, three stories up, there was a bar up there. It had a, a version on the first floor. It had a first floor and then a mezzanine, and then you went up this big-ass stair to the oh, roof deck. I think deck. I know what you're talking we about. We played on God. the roof deck, and you went up a three-story <laughs> thing of stairs from the parking lot. Oh, boy. By where the better end used to be, across the what street where Metzaluna used to be. You know, uh, back in the day before, it's a high rise now, so don't even talk uh, about it. It doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Oh, I'm sure it's a I'm condo. I'm speaking about this. Yeah. It's a bunch of There's those. some other ones in Austin that have just terrible, like uh, the parish is a bad one. Um, okay, it's like the parish because all the steps, like I'm saying, oh. from the alley up to the up to the performance level at the parish, it's three flights of stairs. Yeah, it's because you got to load horrendous. in from the alley. Mm -hmm. You got to go to the alley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't have much time in the yeah. alley. No, right. you don't, because people are on your ass. They want people you now, are now, on now. Your you're ass. like, I have to take a trip, and each trip is up three floors. I'll be back in a little while. Yeah, this, this is going to take <laughs> a significant amount of time. You best back up or find a way around. Oh, boy. Um, my last question I think we actually covered, it was performance plans... And it sounds like you do want to get out I there. I do, yeah. I, it may take a little while, but um, it's it's the goal for sure. Good. And now that things but are, there's a, now that COVID is is right. uh, energy to incarnate. I can start looking for a bass player. I need to find, if yeah. you're a bass player out there and you like what you hear, get in touch with me because I want to play uh, some music. You know, I might have 
an idea okay. on that front. Careful what yes. you wish. Mm -hmm. You just may get it. Yeah, that's a very, I will remind me to, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, okay, well, Elvin, Levins, and Adam, is it Berlin or Berlin? It can be either. <laughs> okay. I know you can also call me Ray. Ray? Yeah. Holy shit, never knew that, Ray. Well, look, I started a new job last year, and they signed me up as, like, Raymond Berlin, because that's, like, Raymond Adam Berlin's been my name. I didn't find out it was oh. Raymond until I got my driver's license, but my dad was Raymond. So to just know yeah. that I was an R. Adam. Well, <laughs> all of a sudden, on all my email, I'm Raymond, and people call me Raymond, and I'm all of a sudden, because my dad's not in the world anymore, okay with, you can call me Ray. Right. Okay. You know, Raymond works for me. My old man will be like laughing to know that there's another Raymond walking around with, with, with his name if he's paying attention. What kind of so? What kind uh, of glasses are you wearing? These are Ray Bands. I Ray. knew it. Ray Bands. I knew it. See, there's a Ray thing going on there. <laughs> but you can call me Ray. And You're you can call also me a Ray of Sunshine or I mean, Merlin, whichever one you said. Uh, the, I answered all of them. I'm gonna call you Ray from now on. I'm gonna bl oblige that request. I'm taking it. Ray Berlin. Absolutely. You know, That's there are cool. times to kind of just change. Yeah. Well, thank you both uh, for being on the Dream Studios podcast. And I hope to see you guys again in here recording sometime. But uh, I also hope that we can just kick it yeah. um, from time to time. And I hope that when we kick it, it's at one of your shows. Absolutely. Yes, um, yes. Thanks for having us. This has been yes. really fun. Pleasure. Nice to walk down memory lane. Yep. On the dream experience. Yeah, it has we been fun. It. Yes. What should we take it out on? We've so we've we've done. I'm gonna play a song airs at the end here. We've done dynamite. We've done dancing to grave. We've done tried and true. Uh, you don't seem to care. Be you don't seem to care. Again. You uh -huh. want to yeah. hit him with that? Okay. Absolutely. This is you don't seem to care. And thanks for listening, everybody.
seem to care The Dream Studios podcast is brought to you by PuppetTelegrams.com. Think of someone in your life. Would they love getting a personalized telegram from a puppet? Of course they would. You choose the puppet. That's the fun part. Will it be Wingo the Bat, lovable and dim-witted? Will it be Lionel the Lion, who is blustery and proud? Maybe you'll choose Layla the Chicken, sarcastic and edgy, or Vitaly the Monster, an excitable force of nature. After that, you provide some quick details about your recipient to help the puppet telegram be as personalized as possible. It's a quick and easy way to make someone laugh for quite literally any occasion. A birthday, anniversary, graduation, promotion, get well, congratulations, retirement, I miss you, and my favorite, just because. You don't have to be a kid to crack up at... You don't have to be a kid to crack up at one of these telegrams, and the messages can be anywhere from wholesome to edgy and everywhere in between. To get you started, the puppets are giving you a $10 coupon. Just use the code LAUGH, that's L-A-U-G-H, if you decide to order a puppet telegram from puppettelegrams.com.